The following is a fourth-hand production. Brent, uh, thanks for being on. Did you know, before we get started, that this is a fourth-hand production? It is. You are actually in fourth-hand studios I know. Berwyn, Illinois. Yeah, lower fourth dimension. Fourth-hand LLC. Oh, is it an LLC yeah, now? Yeah. Wow. What that's do you a, have to be sad about? That's a limited liability company. Corporation. I don't know the term. Yeah, I don't either. Mm-hmm. I just know that- I pay the bills. Yeah. Does that mean you get tax breaks? Um, I'm not at liberty to say uh-huh. this yeah. year. Okay, great. Well, we can just cut that. Actually, I can say it. It'll just be a write-off. I can use it as a write-off. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome into uh, Sad Times. Uh, as you know, uh, my name is Kevin, and uh, let, let me just give you a brief uh, filler in on the show. Uh, each week, uh, whether it be streaming live on Twitch at www.twitch.tv forward slash sadtimeskc or here on the podcast, uh, I have a guest that I bring on uh, and we talk about um, all sorts of things. It's called Sad Times. We also talk about anxiety. We talk about trauma. We talk about any number of things uh, where the person um, you know went through some hard stuff in their life, how they coped with it, how they acted, and, and kind of what came of it and, and those around them and how they acted. So uh, the goal here, of course, is to be a little more open about all the shit that we go through so that we can have a bit more of an empathetic uh, world, ideally. Uh, so with that being said, uh, my good friend, uh, Brent Hand, is on the show. Hey, Brent, how are you? I am doing well. It's early Sunday morning, Sunday fun day. Mm-hmm. We're talking about depression. That's so right. That's yeah. It's like church. <laughs> uh, so... Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's just go ahead and get started, Brent. So I've known you. Hold on. Yeah, let it out, buddy. Hold on. Lay back on the couch. I'm ready. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. I've never done this. You've I've, never done this. I, 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 I mean, I real quick. I don't mean to interject, but like, yeah. it, it's fun to talk to you about this. You know, you you talk to friends about things. So I've never like just said that I don't go and see a therapist. So this will be interesting. We're gonna see what. Have happens. you ever seen a therapist? I have seen a, a therapist one session, one time ever. One session, yep. one time ever. Yep. Was it after the Seinfeld finale? It was. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, it was a show about nothing. Yeah, and they didn't get it. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't really getting it. They needed a laugh track. Okay, so you've only been one time. One time. Yeah, ever. and it was a gentleman. He was literally in his eighties, and I felt so. And that, that's not a joke. And I felt so disconnected from him um, that it just didn't. Uh, it how didn't did you feel- find him? Insurance. Yep, that's how I found my insurance. Said yeah. go here, mm-hmm. and it was in Oak Park, Illinois. Mm-hmm. It was across the street from like the the theater there on the the main drag. I don't know that Fox Theater, or whatever it's okay. called. I don't know. It was just a weird area. It was at night. He's in there, you know, and uh, literally it was the. He's like, you can sit. You don't have to lay down. That's kind of a cliche, you know. Let's talk. Here's some Kleenexes, and you know what I mean. I didn't, yeah. you know. And then like after that, I'm like, hmm, okay. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, and uh, to uh, you and everybody else who's listening, I've been through a lot of therapists. I was forced to go to a therapist when I was eight. Uh, I didn't really know why. 
nobody really explained it to me. Yeah, I'm not bashing therapists at no, 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 all. No, no, I'm just saying that one wasn't for me. Right. That's what I'm saying is often you'll come across a therapist that isn't for you. And it's that's important to, to be like, oh, you know what? We just don't click. You know what? I also don't go to a chiropractor because one tore a muscle in my back. That doesn't mean chiropractors don't help a lot of people. You, so you have... I actually went to a chiropractor and he went to adjust my back and yeah. he tore a muscle. Holy yeah, fuck. and I had to go to the hospital afterwards, and then the doctor's like, they're quacks, they're quacks, you know, so that's uh, a fun experience. Wow. Yeah. Um, so let's just say, you know, for the <laughs> <laughs> argument of this podcast, let's say that you were to continue it on with, with the old man and uh, down there in downtown Oak Park, and you would have had your therapy. That's Mr. Old Man. Mr. Old Man. Yeah, Dr. Old Man. Uh, Doctor. Esquire. He's also a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, and you, you would talk about growing up. So tell yeah. me a little bit about your, just give me an idea, like how many siblings yeah, so and all I, that. I grew up in, uh, let me paint you a picture here. Mm -hmm. So I grew up outside of a town of 700 people in the country, mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, suburbs. farmland, not suburbs, <laughs> not suburbs all. Farmland, central Illinois, you know, um, 20, 20 miles outside of Springfield, Illinois. I grew up on a farm, uh, farmland, you know, and my father did. We were surrounded with, with um, literally a turkey barn on one side, and chickens and uh, sheep and cattle, and then just corn. And one end of our property was a cemetery, so it's a very interesting place that I grew up on. We had a wow. creek that ran through it. Uh huh. Uh, kind of a picturesque place. Uh, we were very poor. Um, what, but you didn't farm the land. So after the, so when I was very young, like when my sister was, was young. So I'm sorry, you did ask, I have one sibling. I have a sister. Okay. She's nine years older than me. Okay. A little bit of an age gap. Yeah. Uh, they raised pigs and things there. And my dad grew up farming, but he eventually, uh, my uncle became road commissioner and my dad went and worked for him, mm -hmm. um, doing road work for okay. the Cartwright township that's outside of there. When I say we're poor, like we, you know, for heat, we cut trees down and we had a wood burning stove and that's how we heated our house. Things like that. Um, it was an interesting time. How old were you when you started helping with that? As soon as I could. Yeah. Like, so I, when I think of like growing up, especially wintertime, uh, things like that, I think of chopping wood. It, it yeah. makes, you know, it always makes me laugh. My sister and I talk about that. It's like, what'd you do on the weekends? Chopped wood. Yeah. yeah. That's what we did, you know, All day. a lot, a yeah, lot of times, you gotta be warm, you know, and my first, you know, my first job was detasseling corn. I mean, know? that is a classic central Illinois first. Job. Yeah. Like uh, so many people you either, you know, buck bales or walk you, beans. yep. Walked beans. My sister walked beans. I detasseled yep. and, uh, both are terrible. They're, I am lucky enough. I somehow got out of there with doing neither. Yeah. But I yeah. hear they're fucking awful. They are. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you go, and it's it's actually cold because the corn is soaked, and it cuts you, so you got to wear long sleeves, and then by, I don't know, a couple hours in, you're in the middle of summer, so it's just pouring down hot, Yeah, and all that steam, you're steaming a lot of times because that water's coming off uh -huh. of you. It's so funny, you know, and just, you're like, what am I doing? Do you Why remember what your rate was, what you got paid? We got paid really well for the time, and I feel like it was like three seventy five or four bucks an hour or something like something along there, you know. And I feel like at that time it was like a quarter above minimum wage, and yeah. we were like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Now we're you know, but I was happy to get it, you know. And I like so I wanted a car when I turned sixteen. I wasn't sixteen at the time. Uh -huh. I wanted a car. I was saving for for that. I wanted to go to college. I was saving for that. So that was very much on my mind. Yeah. So um, your dad, that's. 
And did you get a car when you were 16? A 1984 Ford Tempo. Well. $1,200. $1,200. Is that a good deal for a Ford Tempo? I don't right know now, I would say it's a terrible deal. Okay. But back then, I thought I was doing okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, your dad worked for the road commission. Did your mom work? What did your My mom, mom had originally, she had worked for the state of Illinois. Um, ah. She actually was like, mm-hmm. she did punch cards for computers. That's how dating that, you know, when the wow. computers literally did punch cards. And then um, she retired or, you know, quit and became a stay-at-home mom with my sister and then with me. My mom had a lot of health issues so when my mom was young she had a uh, scarlet fever and she was actually mm-hmm. bedridden for nine months when she was in high school and nine months, nine months. did she and have to retake a grade she got to do it at home like they okay. brought her everything and that gave her heart issues and they yep. actually told her she'd never have children mm-hmm. so they assumed they told her she couldn't have children because it had damaged she had two so yeah. you know hey so she had a lot of health issues, and she she worked from home. Did was she? Um, how did her and your dad get along? They got along very well. You know, they were they. Are, it's funny to say meant for one another. They were very much meant for one another. My mom was the boss. My mom had my mom her entire life suffered from depression. Mm-hmm. That's no. Um, was it diagnosed? It was not di. Yes, but not until I went to college. Okay. And all growing up, my mom just had anger issues, I would say. Like, she was sad. It's funny. (laughs) We had a... So, I had a very bad speech impediment when I was younger. Oh, okay. And up until, like, I was seven... uh... I didn't pronounce things properly. Um, I thought I was, but I I wasn't. So, one of the things they told me to do, or my parents, was to get a tape recorder and to tape record me talking. Uh And I would hear myself, and it was like, oh, that's not what I think I'm saying. So, Mrs. Jednick was my speech uh, teacher. Mrs. Jednick, okay. And uh, so, I'll never forget, we got a speech, uh, a tape recorder, and I still have it downstairs, the tape. And it's like both sides of just me talking. And so, what they had me do was interview people. And so I'd interviewed my sister and I interviewed my dad and my grandparents. I interviewed my mom. And that was like a turning point when I was a little older in my life. And I went back and I listened to it and I'm like, so what do you do, mom? She's like, I'm a, obviously she's in a a mood. She's like, I'm a goddamn slave. I cook and clean and I take care of you kids. And you know, and my life sucks. And I'm like, all right, mom, great. Now you're going to be interviewed by Mr. T literally. I'm like, I'm as a kid, I totally wasn't following it and was as it ad- normal though that your mom would yes shit all, like that the all the time and so the other thing is you know she would get mad at someone my my dad was not that way my dad was incredibly laid back nice the peacekeeper mm-hmm. and the thing that that my mom did that that bothered me and my sister we always talk about this is um if she got mad at someone she wouldn't speak but let's say she got mad at me because of something yeah she wouldn't speak to anyone in the house for days like not a word she'd make dinner she'd do the things she's supposed to do you know if she's mad at my sister i'd be like mom can i do something she just walk away or just stare at you and not speak and as a child you're thinking like what is going on like you don't know what's going on you don't it doesn't you know and your dad's like well just you know avoid mom right now and don't talk to her Would and she maybe taught do you think she taught your dad in private i don't I, Probably you would have to, I would think. Yeah. But she was sick and we didn't know that. And I think she was too proud at the time to 
to talk to someone about that, you know? And instead of doing that, she'd just get mad and she wouldn't speak to people. For days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four or five days at a time. I remember one time she hadn't spoke to us like in a week. And um, we were... I don't know. My sister was still at home. I was probably like eight or seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I remember this. And um, she just got mad. And she was like, I, she was huffing and puffing and doing stuff around the house. And my aunt and uncle showed up out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? And oh, like, yeah. she was happy and it was over with. And when they left, she was fine. And, and I just remember like, it was always like that. Just all of a sudden she's talking. So she never she, showed it to anybody besides no, uh, you guys. No, 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 no one. No. So one. if you were out, say at the grocery store and maybe you, I mean, I used to run around at the grocery store, piss my mom mm-hmm. off. Would she not show it then? It, not so much, but I didn't do that because you didn't do that. You know what I mean? You knew the consequences. Yeah. Of those actions. You know, and she was, you know, she was just a, um, yeah, she would take away things. You didn't get grounded. You know, in my house, um, I was grounded one time in the entire time I grew up and I actually didn't do what they thought I had did. And when I proved that I didn't do it, I got grounded. Like, I don't even remember at this time, like what it was. It was like this pity. And my dad's like, you're not grounded. Go leave. I'm sure he caught hell for that, you know, yeah. because it was just like a pride thing for my mother. So uh, did you feel like, say when your mom was not talking for days on end, did you feel like it was your job to cheer her up? No, like the whole house was just depressed. You know what I mean? So you Like when you're young, mm-hmm. you try to. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, would you talk to your sister about it? Like, I know there was an age gap, but. So I didn't until when my sister turned 18, she moved out immediately. And uh, some weekends after that, she got an apartment and she lived in Springfield. Mm-hmm. I would go and stay with her Mm -hmm. and she would talk to me about those things the problem at that time is in your mind your parents can do no wrong she's 18 and i'm eight years old or nine at the time you know there's nine years difference Mm -hmm. with us and she's like trying to talk to me about those things i'm like no you're just trying to you're trying to stir shit yeah you know even at that time and even until my 20s i i thought that a lot of times because you kind of put up guards for for yeah. people, or I did. At what least. what would your sister? What was she saying to you? Like the general message, uh, you know, like just like that's not healthy, yeah. you know, and things like you know, um, she shouldn't be treating us like that, and Dad should stand up for us, and he did in his own way, you know. But you're just you know, you know, looking back at it, she was very upset and angry, and got out as soon as she could, yeah, you know, and just things like that, you know, you need to make sure you do this so that you don't turn out like mom you know things like that and as a kid you're like what are you talking about i don't want to hear so that. then were you you're probably like your sister was the enemy to you right in a way right for a long time you know and and then that's a hard thing to rationalize and realize you know or or to make amends with yeah know? it's it, it's a really good point about parents right is that at least for me and it sounds like for you man it's like well it's my parents and they know all right. or, or and you know they're the adults and so that whatever they tell me whether it be uh you know you got to wash your hands before dinner or uh there was a talking snake in the garden of eden i'm all like yep okay because right. my parents said it right mm-hmm. and uh, I, I dealt with my mom, um, uh, dealt with depression as well, and she spent some a brief amount of time in a home uh, for depression, and um, she, I can only remember a few times where she did the whole not talking thing, but I remember how 
troubling it felt and like there's this pall over everything exactly it's like this wet blanket of anger is over everything and so no one's doing anything you know like i said i grew up in the the country my mom was a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. when you woke up in the morning you went outside and you played and you didn't come back in yeah and that was because she didn't want you in the house and you also probably most of the time yeah, you're like, didn't get, want. get the fuck out of here you know and and she was there but we didn't go places she didn't take me places mm-hmm. things like that like once a year we would go shopping for clothes and and if i had been good we would see a movie you know and that was during the, the clothes shopping trip. yeah that was my treat how for did the you summer. get so knowing you and since i've known you you've always been very pop culture <laughs> funny uh, so sensitive so how did you do that in in such a cloistered environment so um we live in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. i told you and we, we got two things for free cable uh-huh. and newspapers because the newspapers would drop off in our barn the uh-huh. the stacks of papers for them to come get so we got one for free and then they buried through our property the cable so they ran it to us and said a, a thank you we got cable television oh. in the middle of nowhere because they took it to um, at Petersburg, the town, the town, you know, uh-huh. down the road. And so I grew up watching USA Up All Night up and things like that, night. you know. Yep. And I, when I was sad, things like that, I would hide in my room. I had a television in my room, and I would just watch bad TV. You know what I mean? And escape. I think it was the best way to put it. Also, living on a farm land, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you don't have friends around you. You right. can't go to your buddy's house because they don't. There's no one there. I was going to ask you too. Um, you know, you make friends at school. Maybe you go over and hang out with a friend. <clears throat> Did you ever notice? Oh, wait a minute. This is different than my house. Uh, there, um, there's not this horrible pall over everything, or no? You know, when we would do things like that, you know, I had a well. Not so much because one of my good friends, his parents were going through a horrible divorce growing up. And I always remember them fighting. And But you're a kid at that time. You're just like, that's life. Yay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did your parents so, fight? Not a lot. No. They didn't really you're, fight. It's you not, know? Well, you said early on is that your mom was the boss. Yeah. And my dad would, would stand up for things but they were very much a very good couple together you mm-hmm. know they didn't they other than the depression stuff they, they didn't have a lot of things to to quarrel about they were they were very happy together didn't they stayed married yes and so yes. you said that <clears throat> you didn't get grounded you got things taken away was there any other way that you were punished my mom very much spankings you know hitting uh-huh. if she had something and i think this is more of a reflex uh-huh. she got mad she'd throw it She'd throw and something she'd throw at you. A pan, uh, anything. A pan. And um, that was thrown at my sister one time. Okay. And my mom didn't spank you with your hand. Uh-huh. She spanked you with a paddle. Yeah. And this is kind of, I don't want to, this was not abuse. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I didn't just get beat all the time, but if you did something. But the sick thing of this to me was, so, so we would, she had a paddle. Uh-huh. And if you were going, if you did something that she deemed you needed to be spanked, you had to go get it. Uh, she like would, a ritual. She would decorate it. What do you mean decorate She'd get it? markers out. You'd come in. She's coloring on the paddle. Hope you don't, you're not bad today because I'm not in the mood. So I have it downstairs. You still have the paddle. I have it. I kept it. And it's got like, yeah, just drawings and coloring, you know, and. Uh, things like that. That's got to be wrong in some way. So wait. You know? So you would come into the room and your mom would already. Uh, it's just a normal I, day, and she'd be coloring on yeah, the paddle. She, yeah, because she's like in a bad mood, and she's like, "Today's not the day." You know what I mean? You're getting up. You're like, "Hi, mom. Morning." You know? Yeah. 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 
What, uh, did you live in fear of that paddle? Very much so. Yeah. Especially going and getting it. And you know how, like, you, you're, you're like, no, no. And a lot of times, you know, you don't, you're a kid who knows, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like you deserve it, but you're still going to go get it, you know, and you got to yeah, do your it. Your parents tell you to do it. That's you're going to do it. Like psychological terror. Yeah. You know? Um, my dad told me that he, when he was a kid, would be forced to choose the switch. Yeah. Pull him off tree. a tree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, so. Uh okay so did how 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 old were you when that stopped the never, I mean even in high school I didn't really get you know uh, that pretty much yeah I, I I couldn't tell you an age but by my teen years I no longer got you know spankings okay. or anything like that but um so okay so living out there in the middle of nowhere and I guess we'll say a, a a challenging household uh and you said you kind of would hide in your room and retreat do you think that you had a, a depression of I, sorts very much so so I um I knew I was sad I knew things were going on I actually didn't talk to a doctor about it until um after college after college okay. yeah and I knew that I was things weren't right you know i was sad i i my thing i would hold on to anger i not so much anger i wouldn't be angry i would think about things like if something happened if you wronged me uh-huh i would never let it go doesn't mean i would do it to you i'd replay it in my mind over and over and over again you know like this person you know did this to me i i can't trust them i can't trust them it's finally i went and i talked to um a doctor and we and he he wasn't a therapist but we talked and i actually was put on lexapro at that time oh okay how old were you at this time probably 23 was right after college Uh uh-huh it made a world of difference okay and then i decided wow i feel great i don't need to be on that anymore yeah aha aha aha. Mm -hmm. i've done that many times and then you like you like you have a few months of good and then you crash down you know and and so he he was my doctor and um, he retired, you know, this. Uh-huh. So I went to another doctor. He actually said, Luxapro is an old person drug. We need to try something else on you. And I had Prozac and Effexor uh-huh. and uh-huh. Effexor makes me violently nauseous with any movement. That, that has a lot of side effects. Like if I would get in a car mm-hmm. and it moved, whether I was driving anyone, I would feel like I... W- Motion sickness, mm-hmm. and I had to get off of it immediately. Pros- the only thing that Did I you ever throw up in your truck? No, I didn't. <laughs> no, some, that... I mean, I can't even imagine throwing up in a truck. No, it, it's, it's only a really you wouldn't know rude, anything about that, would you? Fucker would do that. Naked juice, naked juice, orange naked juice. Mm, that's right, everywhere. And Brent's a very nice truck. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, so you were on a faxer. You had to get off of that. Yeah, and then finally, I I told this guy that had told me this stuff. I I I, I didn't like it. He said that, and he just. I felt like he was throwing drugs at me. Uh-huh. So I left and I went to another doctor who was my doctor until I moved up here. And uh-huh. in fact, she was, um, I, I went to her for a while after that. She was great. And she, you know, would talk to me and we'd doing through everything. We got back on Lexapro and I've been on it for years and years and years. Are you still years. on it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, daily. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of people close to me who take Lexapro. That's mm-hmm. one I've never tried. It's a lower, it just keeps you even keel. Yeah. And, you know, I, that was my problem is I would go where I did this, not just that one time, even on the Lexapro. I go, I don't, I, I feel fine. Why do I need this? And all of a sudden I, I married my wife and 
everything's great. And so you quit taking it. And then you're, you know, you're a little while into it and she's like, what's going on? And you're angry all the time about stupid crap. And you forget and you go, Oh yeah, wait, I, I quit taking this and I'm back to bad. Yeah. The, the, the argument that my therapist has made to me and many people have made to me is, well, if you're on blood pressure, blood pressure medicine would you just stop taking it and i'd be like well this is different blah, you blah, don't blah. know me yeah, you I, don't know my life <laughs> i tell you what a lot of people probably would sadly enough <laughs> yeah uh so i i have tried going off it but i've made the um i've accepted that i'm going to be on something for the rest of my life i don't see any way around it <laughs> well i'm on two things two pills a day uh lexpro and a blood pressure medicine blood pressure. do you have have you always had blood uh, is that in your family no uh it's not and i i didn't really get high blood pressure and i'm heavy but it, it never was a factor until i had all those issues with my gallbladder um i had so my gallbladder oh, right. died mm-hmm. which i didn't even know was a thing and it, it ruptured and i had sepsis and it that messed up yeah so i was on uh, you know Oral and injectable steroids for over a year because uh-huh. it messed up all my, my just everything. Yeah, you know, and I was fighting infection for months and months and months. I was going in and getting IV antibiotics, and then after that, I've had high blood pressure. When I went in, that I never had blood pressure issues, and I went into the hospital when I was it had ripped open. We didn't realize uh-huh. it. My blood pressure was two something over like like 190 something. It was terrible. And so they thought I was having a heart attack at first uh-huh. when I was in, in septic shock. But and then since then, I've had issues. So they don't think I'll have to be on it forever. Uh-huh. But um, and I'm not super high. I'm like 140s or 150s, you know, uh-huh. and it's coming down. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, I want to ask you, um, going back to what you said, you said uh-huh. I, I, I would replay things in my mind. Would you find a certain satisfaction when you would replay them over and over. And would you like, I think I was satisfied being depressed. You liked being depressed. I, I liked the comfort of it. That sounds so weird to say. Sure. I think I felt satisfaction in giving myself a reason for being depressed other than just saying, Oh, you're, you're sick or you have depression or this and then the other. Well, they'd wrong me. So I should be. You know what I mean? Uh, wrong it's, is the wrong somebody, thing to say. It's but. somebody else's fault. It's it's exactly. not it's, it's not, not my cause. Everyone and, uh, should feel this way if this yeah. has happened to you. You ever heard that saying like if you're surround well, not to quote space balls, but if you're surrounded by assholes, maybe you're the asshole. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is not to say that you're an asshole. Um, no, I know, but you're exactly right. Like, you know, God forbid, you know, it's um you know, it's probably a woman's fault said uh the great scholar Jimmy Buffett. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's what you know. Not only I, I don't mean that I only use that relationship. That's just for everything in my life. You know. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, yeah, it's easier to blame others than yourself. Did you for years after, even though when your your sister first brought it up to you about your mom and you were very resistant to it, did you ever have a lot of residual anger at your mom for for the way that she behaved? I did. I did for a lot of time, and I didn't really forgive her and she's passed and i don't think i really forgave her until after she passed but i was loving with her you know and i didn't Uh take it out on her but it took a long time for me to come to terms with things okay and when you were an adult did she treat you differently so i told you so she when i went to college yeah got 
went to a doctor and got diagnosed with depression. Did they medicate her? Yes. Okay. And she became a completely different person. The mother that I had always wanted to have, uh-huh. caring and thoughtful, and I think that I resented her a little bit for spending all those years refusing to get help, refusing to talk to someone. Because I know my father had talked to her about things like that, like, you know, you're this isn't Ryan, we should talk to someone, uh-huh. things like that. And she refused. And so I was happy because she was a happy person for the first time really in my life. Yeah. Um, she had, you know, my mom had been thin her entire life and then she had gotten sick in the last, you know, years and, you know, the last, I don't know, 15 years of her life, she was heavier. She'd been on, um, on a prednisone and things like mm-hmm. that. And she'd gained a lot of weight and never mm-hmm. lost it. She, so she had body, um, issues and things like that. And she just, you know, all this stuff manifested into anger, you know, and then all of a sudden one of these days, boom, she's happy. And I think I resented that to an extent, if that yeah. makes any sense. Well, do you know what drove her to finally get help? I imagine us being out of the house and my dad just made an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm yeah. guessing she had made, um, my sister didn't know that she was medicated. She never, you know, we were talking about this recently and she goes, I didn't know that, you know, and think she, I guess they thought that she had just changed, you know? And I was like, yeah, because I talked about those things. I talked about it with her when I, when I went to mm-hmm. to the doctor, that was one of the reasons for me going with her telling me it's okay. And all these things. Uh, you know, and so did you feel shame about it before that? Absolutely, like, yeah. Something's wrong with me. Would I easily? But do you feel shame if you need to take, you know, a medicine, any other medicine? No, but for these things, you do. Yeah, society society says, has told us that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Okay, so that's really great news about. Uh, so it was after you went to college, your mother got help, and then she became a totally different person. Um, and uh, did. Um, did you ever have a conversation uh, later in life with your sister about kind of those conversations she tried to have with you when she left the house? Yeah. So we had, there was two incidents that pushed me over with my mom, like to where like I almost walked away. And then these are the ones that I really talked about with my sister. So I had a cousin, this is a crazy story. It's just a real quick one. So my cousin um, was pregnant and she, they were, they were going to, uh, induce so you know they do a c-section and on this date she goes in and has a very close very close cousin she goes in to have the c-section and they there's a successful birth everything they send her home after the normal time she doesn't feel good and they take her back to the hospital and she had developed a a, a blood clot and she died and they figured, unfortunately, they thought that it was due to the too much of the, the medication. But, of course, the autopsy was inconclusive. So, anyway, on top of that, so her husband is brought a brand new baby. He goes to the hospital. His wife dies. He goes home. And his house is on flames on fire. His house burned down. What? Can you even imagine? So. No. My mom didn't tell me, and this is someone very close, 
And my, a girl that I went to, so this is my cousin, you know, a girl that I worked with who was from Springfield in college. She, she worked with me. Her mom saw in the paper, her mom called her and she called me Uh and told me, and I was devastated, you know, just very upset. You know, how could you not tell me this? So then my grandfather had been sick and, um, I had came home and saw him. And not in the hospital, but he'd been sick, you know, and I, I went back to college and Tanya, my sister calls me and says, grandpa died. I'm like, um, or she says something about grandpa dying. I'm like, what, Gr- what? And she's like, like two days ago. What? My mom hadn't called and told me. Was this your mother's father? My mother's father. So I called her and I'm like, why do you tell me? She goes, my father died. Can't you have a little bit of uh, respect for me? And what do you say to that? I, I don't know what to say to that because that's completely unfair. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. That's two literally deaths of people close to me that they hadn't even cared to tell me. Like, I didn't know how to take those. I didn't know how to take it, you know? And it would have been my father later was like, he's like, she was calling everyone. I thought she called you. You know what I mean? Because I kind of pushed back on him later. Like, why didn't? Yeah. And, you know, and so we talked about those things, my sister and I afterwards, trying to figure out, Jesus, you know, like. (laughs) Did, Did she tell your sister? Yeah. But did not tell you. Did, did you ever find me. out why? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I Jesus. do not know. Um, but so that was one of the few things where you're like, I can't do this anymore. With right. You. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to like sever ties with people. But I tell you what, man, you know, that was one of the things when you're in college at that time. I'm like mm-hmm. a senior in college. And I'm like, when I'm moving back, I'm, I'm getting my own place. There's no way I would even think about even moving back with them for any time, you know, because of things like that. Yeah. You know, and that's hard to deal with. It's hard to cope with. Yeah. Jesus. You're supposed to, you know, you, you feel like you'd be the first, like, oh my God, grandpa died. You know, that's and how you family call works. Should. Yeah. Should. Uh, well, let me just ask you one more question. Then I think we're going to take a little break. Um, did you guys ever reconcile about that or did you just kind of no, accept it and move no, on? She was unwilling to admit she did anything wrong. And I was in the wrong for caring about either of those. So even when I brought him up later, there was no, you don't, you don't bring that up. So you just had to accept that. Mm-hmm. That's a hard fucking thing to do. Sure is. Swallow it and move on. Uh, yeah, I can see that it's still pretty. Yeah, it was a little bit of a. Yeah, yeah, they really bothered me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, speaking of dwelling, <laughs> uh, let's let's you know what? Let's just take a little break because that's a lot of information. So thanks for sharing that, Brent. Let's take a break and then we're going to get into some other stuff uh, when we come back here on Sad Times. <laughs> The season's upon us when more and more packages are being shipped and delivered to homes across the U.S. Many of these packages are simply left on the front steps, porch, or entryway. And unfortunately, many of these same packages are stolen and never recovered. Well, Custom Integration Solutions Incorporated has a solution to help reduce the risk of having packages stolen from your home when you're out. The Ring Video Doorbell. With the Ring Video Doorbell, you can two-way talk to anyone on camera view. Noisy neighbor, package thief, reptilian overlord. 
whomever. This shipping season, protect yourself and your packages with Ring products. Check out Custom Integration Solutions Incorporated on Facebook and LinkedIn. Give them a like and follow and send a message to ask how you can receive an exclusive discount on certain Ring products. You know, Brent, I didn't think that was um, sad enough. So I uh, <laughs> want to talk to you about some more sad shit. Um, I'm so, here, let me get ready. I got yeah. my my, my um, self-medication here. Oh. Here we go. It's actually a dive mountain. Yeah, dive mountain, dude. Hey, woo, that shit runs in Brent's veins. It does. It does. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have to ask you, um, parents and growing up and loneliness and depression and a mother who maybe doesn't deal with things in the in the mm-hmm. healthiest of way, Um how did you do in relationships? You know, I've had <laughs> I always haven't had the 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 best of of luck and love. I've had a lot of relationships, you know, through the years. I never was the guy to jump into a relationship and then like two or three weeks later they're like, "Oh, that didn't work out and you move on." I was more like a year is a a short relationship uh-huh. kind of thing and a lot of non-starters. Now my wife and I are great you know it's funny we always joke about how the only arguments we have are about other people like their arguments like you get around people that are having arguments like oh man i felt you know terrible for so-and-so no i felt terrible for so-and-so and we're like we're we're going back and forth like wow we're we're arguing about them you know what i mean insert uh-huh. you know whatever but it, <laughs> it was a long road to find that you know and I, I dated a girl through college and she had a, you know, for a lot of college, she had a child, you know, when we started dating, she had a, a, a six month old and wow. Yeah. And I dated her for the first couple of years of college. So before you knew me uh-huh. and, um, you know, so I had a lot of college was, was that, you know, and, and, and having Did you help raise the kid. Absolutely. You know, for the first while wow, we lived together in college and wow. uh, at SIU Carbondale. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Okay. And then, you know, you get out of college and you, you start, um, we had a lot of mutual friends, you know, in college and <laughs> we've talked about this before, but yeah. one of our buddies, he yeah. calls me, he's needing a job uh-huh. and um, his name is Mark. And I'm like, well, I work for this company and I think you could probably get on. He's like, well, that'd be great. And at the time he was living out of state. So out he, of, he was not in Illinois? Not at all. Okay. Um, I believe he was in Missouri at the time. That might not be right. But anyway, um, not long after college. You know, we'd been friends in college. He calls, mm-hmm. you know, and and he gets on at U.S. At US Cellular. It doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter saying it. And uh, he gets on. And so we're working. And, and not long after, he's he's my boss. You know, not too he was long your after boss. that. He actually became my boss in a roundabout way. So I actually answered to someone else, but he was at the location I was at. So I had like two bosses that were, I, it's a weird situation okay. to work there because I, I wasn't in sales or, or anything like that. Uh-huh. And uh, my girlfriend applied at US Same Cellular. Company, yeah. yeah. And she gets hired. And how long had you been together when she got hired? Six months, let's Six say. Months, okay. You know, we were together over the two years, let's say. Okay. And after a while, um, she had car issues. She like blew her head gasket or radiator, all this stuff. And so she's going to be closing. And so I'm picking her up every night and taking her to her house. We didn't live together or anything like that. Mark 
being the wonderful, nice guy he was, was like, well, why don't we, I can close or open or do whatever shift. Uh-huh. She's not that far from me. I'll just drive her home. And I was like, whoa, you would really do that? He's like, yeah. You, I mean, there's no reason to drive across town, do all this. I'm like, great. Well, can I ask you just a clarifying? Yeah, was, was Mark in a relationship at this time? Mark is married with, at that time, I believe one child. Okay. Maybe two. Okay. I'm trying to think back on the timeline. Okay. But yeah, so, so he's, he's married. married. Okay. He got married uh, in college. And, I remember that. Yep. And mm-hmm. then um, they had a, a, a relationship. Uh, as soon as they got to Springfield, they had like a real wedding. I say a real wedding, like they got married, you know, uh-huh. and uh, I was his best man in his wedding. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Yep, I was his best man. Yeah. And good friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, little do I know. So I am having issues with uh, this girl and we end up breaking up and a friend of mine that that knew her calls me and says, hey, I don't want to alarm you or anything like that, but I am at the mall and I saw your ex-girlfriend, Trisha, shopping at the maternity store. And I'm like, what? You know, she's like, oh at the God. maternity store. I don't store. want to alarm you, but my yeah. goodness. And like, you're you're trying to do the math yeah. in your head. And mm-hmm. we had not been together. And we had had issues. We weren't being physical at all towards the end. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. So, so you were kind of like roommates. Right. Did you feel well, well I don't no, know if we you were with we each other. No, no, but, no, no, no. But you were just like friends. It was it was that type of relationship where the that goes away. Yeah, but she still worked at my my work. You know, Did so we broke up and she Can I ask if you felt guilty about that? About her being pregnant? No, no, no. I'm sorry. About uh the end of your relationship where you weren't physical anymore. No, I, I didn't feel guilty, you know, about that. I she was I had feelings that she was being unfaithful. Mm. And so those were my choices to not be physical or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. So the first thing I do, you hear this is you go to your your, your best friend, you know, and you know, I, I go to Mark and I say, "Listen, um I just got a call from this girl uh she saw yesterday at the time." Uh, now, my girlfriend, my ex, was working that day at the store where I was at. I go in to talk to Mark, and I say, I think Trisha's pregnant. And I, I'm trying to do the math in my mind. I, I don't think it works out. I go, I have to talk to her. I have to have a, a paternity right. test. Yeah. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, oh. And he's like, really jarred, really jarred. I'm like, like, this is just between us, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I walk out. He immediately calls her in to his office, and they leave together for the day. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, drag this out forever. Long story short, he was having an affair with her. It Did it was, start on those rides home? It started on those rides home. Yeah. It was his child, and when I found out, he tried to get me fired from the company, my friend. Um, he told them that I was, uh, not doing my job and all this stuff. What saved me was him and her were emailing back and forth and printing the emails on company letterhead. And I had sent her out of work stuff that was like, Hey, this is nothing to do with work. 
I, I, I'm going to, I want to do a paternity test. I hope you're going to say, okay, if not, I, you know, I'll have to do whatever legal things. If, you know, if I, I'm sure this is not my child, but if it is, I will 100% be in, you know, there for everything. She printed that and they were showing people at work, making fun of me. They were making fun of you. Yes. How did you find that out? People, the people um, at work told me because they're like, I think that they think we're not on their, they're on their side or something. So it was really weird. So immediately at this exact same time, we get a call about money missing. And when you say we, do you mean your family? The company. The the company. Okay. The company does. Well, so I told you Mark wasn't, he was my boss, but not really. So you can't touch employee accounts unless you're a manager Uh or me or him. Uh So they're like, well, you look into this. He was embezzling money from our company. I don't know if he was giving it to his wife. I don't know if he was giving it to her. Thousands and thousands. He was like negating payments that were cash and giving credits and then pocketing the cash. And what had happened was he had put a few onto like the wrong account. So people's um, people had the receipts, uh-huh. but there was nothing. There was nothing in there. It had been canceled the payment, yeah. and then the credit was applied. So he gets fired from the company and um at this point are you guys speaking at this point i had when he gets fired like i wasn't a hundred percent i didn't know for sure we hadn't found you know i hadn't had the conversation saying you did this you did this we never did we never did he about, immediately you mean moved about away. The, the affair he You've immediately moved away and he never spoke to me again as soon as he left the company and I didn't like, I didn't find this stuff, you know, like I'm not the one who turned him in for embezzling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, that was out of my hands. He just had me pull up paperwork and I'm, as I'm looking at it, handing it over to like the district manager, I'm like, um, that's not really making sense. And sorry. And at this point you hadn't talked to him about it, but did you know about the affair? Yeah. So I, I knew, I knew I found, uh, yeah. I, so I found out and I went to her and I said, listen, you know, I'm, I need to have a paternity test. Can you tell me how far along you are? And she actually said that falls under the umbrella of none of your fucking business. And I was like, wow, wow. I didn't do this girl wrong. We, you know, or anything like that. I didn't do, you know what I mean? So it was a real rough, you know, my, my, who at the time I thought was my best friend has an affair on his wife with my girlfriend gets her pregnant. Then he just leaves. Do we know for sure that it's his kid? Absolutely. So, yes. So, they had a paternity test, and um, it is his child. Yes. Does his wife? Well, I don't want to go too far I don't know. Road. I'm sure she does. She has to. Yeah. And then I know that he's signed. He's, he has nothing to do with the child. He's And signed all rights over to her now husband. Got it. Okay. So, and you never had a chance to talk to him about this? Nope. Does it still? Nope. Don't want to. Don't want to talk to him. No, I have nothing to say to him. You know, for whatever reason, people do things. I'm more upset that he abandoned his child than him doing that to me. You know what I mean? I think that bothers me more because I've seen guys do horrible things and get caught in the heat of the moment. The 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 printing up emails I'd sent, which it's funny because the emails I sent were like polite and nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, and they they had had them at you know HR had the emails you know afterwards, and I'm like, yeah, I wrote those. They're like, oh well, this is done on your own time, and it's well worded. I don't exactly understand why. Did they try to use those against you? He, d- I think they were going to try to get me fired. 
oh. was the thought process, and oh. he was trying to turn people against me. I don't, I don't know because it all he he shot the crap on that when he embezzled all that money and got caught. So, wow. And yeah. how long ago was this? So this would have been in the like oh hmm, seven oh eight. Okay, you know, it's 12, 13, you, you know, about twelve in years there. ago. Yeah. Okay, so uh, wow. Um, after that mm-hmm. whole ordeal, did you like? Did you have um? What 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 became of your relationship life? I mean, was it hard for you to trust people? Yeah, again? it was. And so then I, you know, I'd had a couple bad relationships like that, and <laughs> nothing like keeping on that whole uh, talking of of um dating people from work so pre her and post her you know i had met this other girl from my work um she got hired i I met her she was a friend of a friend i knew her beforehand okay and she was a lesbian okay so she you know she was a lesbian she was out yeah that's how she identified she grew up in a household with lesbians your her parent was her mother was a lesbian okay married uh her mother died when she was young she was actually raised by her mother's partner oh oh, you know okay and um well those things and so then i would go to the gym and she was at the gym so then we're like like workout buddies and Uh stuff She's, she's very pretty very gorgeous girl and then we're like, well, let's have some drinks after the gym. And then that leads to us having sex. And then it turns into, well, this is just a physical relationship. And I don't, uh, you know, I don't know why I'm even doing this. This is her saying this. Yeah. But um, you know, as long as you don't catch feelings, you know, it's fine. Because I've never done anything like this before, she said. And I'm like, yeah. And then six months later, she tells me she's in love with me. And I like this girl a lot. I liked so her a lot. Were you reciprocating that? Or yes. did you want to reciprocate yes. that? Yes. And so we started dating. This is pre that last relationship. And then um so she <laughs> she had to have like a medical procedure done and she went into the hospital and one of the things they say is are you pregnant or could you be pregnant? And she said, I'm a lesbian. And they said, Okay. And she actually was pregnant and had a miscarriage because of the medical procedure. Yeah, so she had a um, she had her gallbladder actually removed. And What's with it, you and gallbladder? Yeah, I don't know, man. Don't yeah. get near me. I well, shit. <laughs> yeah, you could have told me that before. I was sitting right across from you. Um, um, it, wait. Okay, so she had her gallbladder removed, and because of that, it she had a miscarriage. And you had obviously no idea. She I had was no pregnant. idea. None. She called and told me. And then disappeared. So she had no longer. Okay, let me rephrase this. She was no longer working. She had left the company and she was working elsewhere. She quits her job and moved to St. Louis. Like tells me I had a miscarriage. I'm so sorry I've done this. I can't see you and left. How did you feel when you found out that she had been pregnant with your like your child? Destroyed. Destroyed. Um. I didn't, you don't even have time to process anything and then it's already taken from you. You know what I mean? It's not like she had a, it hurt a lot too, because it's not like she went and had an abortion, which that of course would have been her right, but she just said, no, there's no way I could be pregnant. I'm a lesbian. Was she in that much? Well, uh, I don't want to speak for her, but would you, 
it sounds like she was in a lot of denial because at first when you so had the physical- So we had very long conversations about that because she was in denial of her feelings for me. And she actually said, I don't, I don't, she, I, people are lesbian, I believe from birth or gay or bisexual. And I think that was her, but it was expected of her to be a lesbian. <clears throat> and so yeah. she hid me from family and things like that. And it was very unhealthy for her. I was very unhealthy for her. I think we cared about each other a lot, uh-huh. and, but it was unhealthy for her because certain expectations were put on her that she wasn't ready to be a part of, you know what I mean? Or, or to be open about. Do you think that, um, w- were you just trying to be, wait for her to come around? I thought I'd wait it out and wait she'd it out. see. Cause uh-huh. I, I really cared about her. Mm-hmm. And then like, and so I told you she moved away. She ends up yep. moving back. We reached out to one another and then it starts over again. And, and this is it, after the relationship we just mm-hmm. talked about, right? And then she's dating Simon, but we're still, you know, seeing she's each other. a woman or a man? A woman. Okay. I, I was the only guy I, that I know that she, she had dated or, or been like that with. I'm not, uh-huh. I'm sure I'm not the only person she'd ever been with man wise, yeah. but, but you know what I mean? Enough to where when I was started dating Lisa, uh, Lisa would be at my house without me. I'd be working and I would tell her, I can almost guarantee you that one of these days a girl is going to show up at the door asking for me. No matter what she says, it's not true. Like she might say like, we're in love or something like that, you know, because she had done that before. And I go, what do you mean done that before? Like with a girlfriend shown up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah or told people, Yeah. Like she'd leave my life and then come back into my life. You know, and and leave, and I finally I told her. I told her, I go, I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. I don't want any part of this because we're bad for each other, and you are killing me emotionally. I'd start a relationship, and she'd show up. You know what I mean? Had, so she would like find out you were in a relationship. I think so. Did you guys ever talk about the miscarriage other than her telling you? Yes. Yeah, and you know. I, I mean, we talked about it and how big of a mistake and how much she regretted it, and but it's over and it happened, and what do you do? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I think that was her way of dealing with it, uh-huh. but she also ran away and moved away. Obviously, it, it, How long was she gone? Uh, less than a year. And did you guys talk while she was gone? Not once. Not once. When I saw her, actually, it was at like a street festival, like a, a concert in Springfield. I didn't know she was back. Okay. Yeah. Was she looking for you? No. No. Okay. Nope. Um, wow. So did she show up when you started dating Never. her now? Why? Never seen her. Since that last time when I told her I was done, she she listened and that was good. That was yeah. good. It's good for all of us. You know what I mean? And you know, I didn't want to have to tell her again to go away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um no one wants to hear that. <laughs> uh wow. Okay. So oh, Jesus, Brent. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. I told you I have a lot to unpack. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. So this, so the, what what year did you start dating Lisa? Your wife? Around well, I, 2010. I okay. don't, we, you know, we started I know talking. you were friendly you, from college on, right? We've known each other for 21 years. Yeah. Um, I met her, you know, we, real quick, it was funny. We were, um, she was married previously, and she was supposed to be. Her and her husband were going to come down. We were doing a little reunion in Carbondale, mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't come. And I was like, "What the hell? You know, you had helped plan it." Uh, this was like a week or two after. She goes, "Yeah, um, 
I'm getting divorced, so that kind of came up, and I couldn't come down. I'm like, well, that's a pretty good re- yeah, reason pretty good. why. Yeah, yeah. And so that's how we actually started talking. And I don't know, maybe I'm an opportunivore or whatever, but I'm like, oh, because I'd always, always liked her. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I asked, you had said earlier in the episode that um, your mom has since passed away. When did when did your mom pass away? My mom. Uh, so my mom passed in 2009 early like uh, 2009 but she had had so my mom had a syndrome called lynch syndrome and so like it a is Twin a, Peaks thing? it's a yes <laughs> it's a uh, it's a genetic uh disorder that causes you're gonna have cancer if you have lynch syndrome and instead of having you know what whatever percentage chance women have for breast and colon and everything it's in like the 80s and 90s the percent chance if you have lynch syndrome you have to get genetically tested my sister and i did we were both negative luckily oh that's because we can't pass it now yeah very lucky Good news. but she had um breast and colon and i mean if it's a cancer you can get you can have it and she ended up uh passing of a brain tumor but the difference with lynch syndrome it's not like the breast cancer going to other places each of them was its individual cancer it was its own it wasn't a spread so the brain tumor was a brain tumor itself the every one of them is their own they d- they didn't spread so she would have been well close to if my math checks out like 69 70 no she would have been so she was younger she she was in her in her early 60s so and my dad so my dad was born in uh, 42 and she okay. was born in 47 so she'd been 61 61 okay yeah. so your dad was five years older yeah um how you know at that time you guys were on good terms you and your mom yes very good and so you know i had been going there and seeing her and my grandmother had been sick actually and so her and her dad her and my dad moved her in and then she into their house to help take care of her because she had lived over an hour away and then she had passed and then my mom got sick my mom I actually, you know, in college, my mom, I had taken a semester off college to go home because my mom was so sick then, you know, she had just had cancer. What year of college? Uh, it would have been my first semester, junior year. Okay. And I stayed, I still had a house there, but uh-huh. I was going home constantly and I took it off and I was working, you know, cause I didn't know what was going to happen. You know what I mean? Did and you take care of, were you taking, helping take care of Trying her? to, or trying to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, it's just, it, it was, was your sister around too. Yeah. 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 At that time. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Or at that time, my sister was always around. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but yes, you know, and so my mom, you know, she just struggled being sick and pretty much from then on she was fighting cancer. You know, of one point or another, she went through so many rounds of chemo and radiation and mastectomies and, you know, everything you can do. How did she deal with it with, when did she know she had Lynch syndrome? Not until she had developed the cancer. I don't know exactly when, but I, you know, we had like a family meeting Uh to where you guys need to get tested. I immediately got tested. Yeah. And um, my sister waited a while. She didn't know if she wanted to know. Um, fair. I mean, yeah, I can see you know, that. I can see both sides. I remember I was actually having dinner at my parents' house, and they called me with the news the, uh-huh. the, to tell me that I was negative. And I remember my mom well, cried. Like, she, she was so happy. You know what I mean? So my mom's family, she was she was one of six. They all died. Like, she had a sister at 33, a sister at 41, I want to say. They all died of cancer, all of them. You know, another brother... That died in his late fifties. I mean, they all died young. Her father had cancer. Her mother is the only one who didn't. 
Um, but lo- it sounds like I don't know how fucking genetics works, but it sounds like whatever they this all is, had. It, I'm it sure her father had Lynch syndrome. And not, yeah, and her father had Lynch syndrome, and then all the children, probably but one, had Lynch syndrome. Uh, did she die at home? Your mom died at home or she in the died, hospital? She um, died. So they moved her into a, a hospice facility. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's rough watching someone with a brain tumor because they 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 go, but they're not all, you know, you think they're just in a coma and then they might say something or, or you know, we're having a conversation and she'd pop in with a word or something like that you know and it's a, it's a like she would to... be in the bed mm-hmm. and you would be maybe talk to your sister and right. then she'd be like say something yep you know and she might not have said anything for a couple of days was she you know, at that point was she at peace with it you very much so very much so and how was your dad dealing with it you know what he dealt with her very well and um they had been so close that we very much worried about him and you, you hear about a lot of people that they lose their spouse and yeah. six months later they're mm-hmm. dead but he he made peace with it, and um, my dad has since passed as well. But for the rest of his life, you know, he you know, my dad would have been that one who would never have dated. If my dad uh-huh. had lived another fifty years, that was his wife, and yeah. he would never even thought of it. You and know? I, yeah, so um, <sighs> wow. Okay, so he he when did he die? Okay. Uh, my father died in 2016, so my father actually. Uh, he got lung cancer, and then that spread to his. By the time they found out, it it spread to his brain, and he died of a, of a brain tumor as well. Was he a smoker? Uh, when he up? was young, he he smoked when he was young. He also worked road construction forever, and he uh, sucked all that dirt and dust yeah. and everything in. Um, so he had breathing issues his whole life. Uh-huh. Um, and I know the doctor said it was just like the two worst things you could do. Even though he quit when he was young of smoking, younger, you know, it it had done its. Do you remember him smoking? No, he would have quit by the time he um, was born. I barely remember. I think when he was very, when I was very young, he'd smoke, but not, not on and off. But no, was I don't. your mom a smoker? Yeah, yeah, yep. But she, she, um, she didn't have lung cancer. You know, that was the you know, or not from not from from not that. from that yeah. is from mm-hmm. the Lynch syndrome. So your dad. You had said that he worked for um, his Correct brother. Township. He was my brother. His brother was the road commissioner. Road commissioner. So he worked mm-hmm. on the road. Now, it, was he living in the middle of, not to be pejorative, but living in the middle of nowhere? Uh, was he an outdoorsy type guy? So yeah, very much so. So my father's dream in life was to move to Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, and to be that like that's what he wanted to do. Uh huh. And in 1986, he was actually working on our house. We had a deck over the garage. The house was built into the a hill. And um, in 86, a board snapped. He fell and broke his back and was paralyzed. Um, he spent. Paralyzed where? From Waist down? the mid chest down. Um, the He could use his, his arms uh-huh. and head and neck and everything. Luckily, months and months of, of rehabilitation and everything, he learned to walk again. You know, years later, he was, they told him he'd never walk. He'd be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. He never really had feeling from his waist down other than pain that they have from like the nerves that are are dead. I remember like he'd always, you know, when you get into like say he was going to take a bath because he couldn't stand to take a shower. They would always say like even later, you know, you had problems walking long distances or staying for a long time. You always put your hand in there because you could literally boil your, yeah. yourself and not not realize it. Like, yeah. Make sure. Wow. So that but he still worked for on the roads. 
Yeah, dri- he, what, driving equipment and things uh-huh. like that, but also working outside as much as he could as after he got, you know, to walk again, which how, is a, a tough thing when you're a kid. You know, I'm seven years old, and they say your dad's never going to walk again. How much respect do you have for your father? For a that? lot. A lot. And he provided for the whole family always. I was very close. So my dad in 2014, he was diagnosed with cancer, and Lisa made a huge... um sacrifice which was i quit my job and i split duty between here and there helping take care of him instead of him going into like a a hospice facility my sister would go down there and i would and i pretty much spent the last two years of my dad's life with him how um did you guys form a different relationship because very close very close you know and just you know very much became friends you know other than just father and son was it the classic with you just knowing you uh a lot of the joking my father was very much the same sense of humor i have and making jokes my mother was too they were both jokers and 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 you know he made fun of himself having cancer Mm -hmm. and fun of himself being in a wheelchair and nothing was off limits in that way with him would he talk about your mom very much so and how he missed her yep and they were religious and he was he had made peace and like literally when they got it's almost like this sounds terrible, but they're like, "Yeah, you have cancer," and he's like, oh, "Finally," you know what I mean? Not like he was wanting to die or anything, but I think he ex- expected it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's he didn't say that, but it was just like, "Oh, okay, cool. You want to go grab some food?" And I'm like, "What are we gonna do about this?" Yeah, you know, everything's got a purpose and a plan. That so, was and outlook. he he firmly believed like he was gonna see your mother very much when so. he passed yep. away. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and when he passed away, were you and your sister with him? Yes. So we were there in the, the hospice in the room. Yep. And there when he passed, uh, same thing with my mother, you know, you just see him slipping and slipping, you know, watching someone deteriorate is hard. It's very hard. So have you dealt with the grief time, you know, and, remembering you know i i don't know i I, it's hard to deal with it you know but uh i i am very thankful that my wife gave me those two years you know yeah that's um that's amazing and yeah i I, that the fact that you could have a whole nother new relationship with your dad even closer right towards the end right uh so god this has just been hilarious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the chuckle hour yeah uh i, I do want to ask you one other thing because you did bring up your wife mm-hmm. um like when you were doing that traveling back and mm-hmm. forth how long would you be gone a week at a time, like at I, a time. I might come back on for weekends uh-huh. things like that but you know so I'd, I'd come friday night my sister would go down for the weekends and then i would uh, come back Sunday, you know, so I would see, but sometimes I didn't even do that. Sometimes I'd be there for a couple weeks at a time. And then if she could get away, she'd come down, you know, and um, what if she it, could, what was the challenge of that? The long distance. I mean, we were newlyweds, you know, we were, we got married in 2013 and then 2014, I moved uh-huh. away, you yeah. know, and no matter what you're, you, you, it strains a relationship, but luckily she's a, a strong person and, and, uh, we, we definitely made the best of it, you yeah. know, and she gave me that opportunity. Yeah. It was literally her idea, you know? And, and so I'm, I'm, I was very lucky and happy, but how did you guys get through those strained times? Talking, 
talking, talking. as much as we could, mm-hmm. being together as much as we could, her understanding that it was, you know, out of our hands and for a good cause, you know, and then if we did start snipping at each other, realizing it and saying, hey, we're kind of put, putting the brakes yeah, on it. And then, yeah. And then you go, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now that you've been married six plus six plus, when's your anniversary? Yeah, so 2013. So this will be three, 40, 50, it's six years this year. Okay. Sorry. Um, now that you guys see each other every day, uh, or mm-hmm. most days, yeah, her. yeah, yeah. She's, no. It's just you know, grass always greener, Brent. Yep. No, no, we uh we get along very well. Okay, good. And uh, very much partners in her. She's my best friend, you know, yeah. and so that's all you can ask for. Um, I I couldn't think of my life without her. I'm going to go ahead and end it right there because this has been a pretty tough hour uh, and that's just a really hopeful thing um, to end on and especially after all you've been through uh, and the fact that that you're able to... You didn't even talk about the nine murders that I witnessed. What was that? (laughs) Nothing. Never mind. Uh, Did you say something? (laughs) I'm sorry. My headphones went out. Did you turn something? but thank you very much for being on. Oh, Brent, thank you. It's, it's good uh, as to talk the producer of the show and and yeah for talking through this. I know you've been to one therapy session. Thanks for doing it in my studio. Yeah, this is. Can I leave? You, whenever you want. Oh, thank you. You can check out at least. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! I knew I was in California. <laughs> uh, well, listen, guys. Um, thanks for listening, Brent. Of course, thanks for being on. Thank uh, you. Thank please, you. Please, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave us a good five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Rate, like, and review and smash that like button. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> he knows how to do that. Uh, again, uh, and we're Sad Times on Facebook. Come find us on Facebook. Go ahead and join us. Uh, we, we do have some pretty good conversations that, that come up in there. Uh, and again, uh, the big reminder is we've all been through something that somebody else has gone through. And no matter what you're going through, you're not alone in feeling that way. And that um, I hope that you can find some comfort in listening to the stories of these brave people who come on tell us. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.